This is What the Peeve, a show that explores the funny, <laughs> strange, and serious pet peeves that people have. Agree or not, our unapologetic podcast is on a mission to make people less shitty to one another. We're finding a way to make the world a better place, fixing one pet peeve at a time. I'm your host, Brittany Wien. So why is this idea of people being the worst your biggest pet peeve? People who do not pull to the right of the road when they're driving and there's an emergency vehicle coming. People who give advice that's a little bit too overgeneralized. There's a basic amount of care that you could give to another person. Wait to have a conversation until you fully chewed your food. You have this platform and audience, yet you're just up there like speaking fluff. In the end, it works out better for everyone just to pull over and don't freak out. Today, we're talking about people, the things that everyday people do that just annoy others. I'm sure you encounter people in your life where you just think, what are you doing? Why are you so selfish? Inconsiderate. And why don't you see the annoying things that you do? So for me, my biggest pet peeve that I encounter every day are slow walkers. I understand you're enjoying your life maybe the view, or just daydreaming, but I have freaking places to be. So please move to the side. Enough of my ranting. Let me introduce our first guest. Our first guest, she's actually one of the producers of What the Peeve, Haley. And she felt so passionate about this topic that she just had to come on. I think I just really, really don't like the idea of people treating other people as an object or as a means to an end, that really just like irks me to my absolute core. So whenever somebody disregards the fact that a person has their own backstory, has their own respective shit they're going through, their own feelings, like there's a crazy complexity of stuff that's going on with a single person. And when someone just decides to completely disregard that in favor of just getting what they want out of that person, it just completely bothers me. And I think like with some people, they don't really understand that some problems have more complexities to them. And it's like when people don't are not considerate of this, they kind of treat that person like shit and makes them feel worse. A hundred percent. And I think it's because like they're so afraid to get to the really deep stuff. There's a general trend going on. I've noticed that people are too afraid to be completely honest with themselves and with other people. And I really don't know what's behind that, but I have kind of explored this question in my thesis work um, that why are we so afraid to be completely vulnerable with each other? And you know, when you're not vulnerable with each other, you cannot build an authentic relationship with someone. So that's really at the heart of things is that you cannot really have a truly loving relationship if you cannot be fully honest. So if you're afraid to really get into the deep stuff and afraid to really like ask someone how they're doing, which is really like at the heart of things, it's always the question of how are you? And I would be happy to like go on my whole how are you rant. So you're kind of like setting yourself up for failure, but you're also, I think the idea of like using someone else and being that kind of selfish with with another person that doesn't have as much to do with not wanting to open up to them, it's a huge factor. But really at the end of the day, if you're not wanting to get to know someone, it's because you really don't want to get to know them and you have your own personal interests in mind. And when that's very transparent to me, that really bothers me. 
Yeah, I see you're getting like a little worked up about this, and I'm oh, sure. Oh yeah, I'm sure you had past stories and experiences to like get you so worked up and passionate about this topic. Oh my gosh. Well, the thing is, is that there's never a full story. It's always just like a one-time thing that happens, and usually the theme of that one-time thing that happens is that I'll be casually carrying on my life, um, you know, minding my own business, trying to get important shit done and I'll get a text or a phone call in the middle of the day from somebody I haven't heard from in six months asking me an unreasonably large favor or just like checking in but I know an unreasonably large favor is coming up like throughout the summer last year I was writing my thesis in June it was due in August for context so in June I get a message from a friend from high school haven't heard from them in over six months they had been I think traveling the entire globe so reasonable reason not to hear from somebody but at the same time like if you're somebody's close friend you might want to like drop on and be like hey what's up um so I hear from this person no hi no how are you no I miss you it's been forever like that's the least you could do if you had like a loving relationship or friendship with somebody for you know high school so I get none of that and I What I do get is like, can I please crash at your apartment for a night? And she was just like, hey, I know you're going to Harry Styles. Okay, like at some point this was going to come out. This was about a Harry Styles concert, guys. And like that was like the highlight of my summer because like it was thesis season. I did not have a lot of things to like be super stoked about. And like that was a thing I was super stoked about. My friends were coming in from Montreal for it. So I already had guests. And this girl comes out of nowhere and was like, can I please like crash at your place? This girl thinks she could just like pop in after like however many times just like crash at my place for this concert. And I told her I, I can't. And she's like, "Okay." And then she tried to like negotiate something like wait but like what about if you're going home the next day and so this girl thinks that she could a message me after like a couple months b stay at my place because I apparently I just say yes that easily when really like it I don't like I don't get it like do you think just because we went to high school and maybe shared a couple of like really nice meaningful experiences that you could just get a carte blanche on anything from me. That's not how it works. I'm like a very big believer in the fact that friendship takes a lot of work. You know, relationships, although like if you don't talk to someone in a couple months, you kind of have to rebuild like some of that relationship again. A hundred percent. Like I would never contact somebody after six plus months of not speaking to them without checking in on how they're doing even if I did need something from them that was like maybe specific for work or for a creative project I would check in because I'm genuinely curious it's like genuinely curious about the person and not what they can give me yes because I care exactly and it's like caring for people apparently it's the hardest thing in the world there's a basic amount of care that you could give to another person and when you don't even have the effort to show that it really just it's such a bad look. It's it's the worst. That's why I feel like if you can't show that basic amount of care. And for me, like the best way to personify that and to show that is by asking, how are you? Even if like you don't fully mean it, just ask and listen. Basic amount of care, people. Basic. Can we just do that at least... 
Up next, we have Sarah, the paramedic who's going to share what she dislikes about people. Probably the number one is people who do not pull to the right of the road when they're driving and there's an emergency vehicle coming. I work as a paramedic, so I drive the ambulance and... I cannot tell you how many times people don't pull over to the side of the road when we're coming down and we have the lights and sirens on and people just straight up ignore us. And it drives me absolutely crazy because, number one, it's dangerous. And number two, it's illegal. It's actually the law that you're supposed to pull over to the right of the road and people don't. Do people ever get like caught or fined for that? Yeah. Like if cops are behind us, they will pull people over because sometimes like you don't realize that we'll have uh, an escort in front of us or the cops will follow behind us to the hospital. So like if we've picked up a patient and maybe they were in a car crash or something, then the cops will have to come to the hospital after. So they're usually around. So but people just don't even realize that they're there. Was there an instant when you were like driving the ambulance and a bunch of cars were not pulling on the side? of the road and you couldn't make it to your person in time? Oh, it happens all the time. Like, people would be shocked, like, the amount of times that will come up and there'll be maybe, like, four cars across the intersection and it's just, like, they assume that some other car will move out of the way and it won't be us or it won't be them and they just sit there and they don't move and I'm sitting there, like, honking my horn at them and finally somebody, like, might move forward and... But it happens literally all the time. Why do you think people just don't move? I have no idea. I I think that some people freak out, obviously. So, like, there'll be a lot of times that I'll be driving and I'll turn my sirens on behind somebody. And you can tell that they kind of, like, panic and don't know where to go. People just need to, like, calm down. It's not that big of a deal. It doesn't take – it takes, like, five seconds. You just turn your blinker on. You pull over to the side of the road. Like, it's – very easy when you think about it. And I mean, like, if you're at a stoplight and the light is red, like, you're not going to get in trouble for pulling a little bit into the intersection. Like, everybody has already stopped. Everyone can see that you're there and maybe a little bit into the intersection. So when everything gets going again, like, no one's just going to come out of the way and hit you. Like, you just have to kind of adapt and move over and do what you can to let people through. But there's an emergency happening. It just blows my mind that people don't do it or just don't care or think that their time is worth more than whoever is in the back of the ambulance. It takes two minutes. Like at the most, you might be like if you get over into the side of the lane and maybe five minutes late for something that you were going to. It doesn't take a lot of time. Mm -hmm. Describe to our listeners how dangerous it is if you do not pull on the side of the road when an ambulance is behind you. Okay, so you're going pretty fast, first of all. And it's not just like, so you're driving, I am talking on the radio, I'm trying to talk to my partner in the back about what's going on. And you're trying to take in the entire scene. So you could get hit. Like, it's dangerous. It's dangerous for the patient in the back um, because a lot of times you're not wearing, the patient will be wearing a seatbelt, but the person, uh, the paramedic working on them might not be if they're having to do something in the back, some sort of medical procedure that doesn't allow them to be wearing their seatbelt. So it can be super dangerous. And even like, so if you're on a two-lane road and let's say I have to pass someone on this two-lane road, even if they're coming towards me, you still have to pull over. Because if you think about it, when you go to go past someone on a highway or a two-lane road, then you have to go around them. So you're obviously you're going to hit the person coming towards you as well. So both sides of the road, to the right, it's not hard. Do you think it kind of plays on that humans are like actually like really selfish? Yeah, 100%. That people don't care or just I think they don't even think about it. I think they see – you see an ambulance – 
you see a police car, you see a fire truck going with sirens, and you don't even think that maybe that they're going to an emergency. Wherever they're going, they're going with lights and sirens because someone has called 911. And I think a lot of the times people don't correlate the two, like put the two together, that that is what's happening. Their lights and sirens are on because there's an emergency. I think a lot of people also don't realize that we don't use lights and sirens for everything. So I don't, we don't go lights and sirens to every call. I could be driving with a patient in the back that's non-emergent and I'll just drive normally. So if the lights and sirens are on, it means that there's, they need to get to where they're going fast. So you need to pull over. So to end this all off, people just, you know, it just takes like a couple turns of your steering wheel to pull off to the side and let paramedics through. Yeah, and let all emergency vehicles through. And in the end, it's better. It works out better for everyone just to pull over. It doesn't take long, and it don't freak out. So, lessons to learn from Sarah. Please, please, please be aware of emergency vehicles. You can take five to ten seconds out of your day just to move over and basically save a life. Up next, we have Mac, and she has a lot of pet peeves of what people do in public. I really, I mean, in public spaces or at home, I hate when people eat with their mouth open. I just, I think that wait to have a conversation until you fully chewed your food. I don't, I don't want to see your food. Does it irk you even if like people are talking, but they cover their mouths or is that okay with you? That's a bit better. Like, I think that sometimes you get really excited and you have to say something or you can't wait because the conversation's about to change and you have to kind of put that in. So at least they've made that that effort to to be polite and make that that coverage and I don't have to see their food. But the people who don't realize that they're just talking and they've just taken the bite, it that's a that's where I get really grossed out and have an issue with it. Why do you think people develop this habit of eating food and talking at the same time? I think part of it might just be manners that they were brought up with or grew up with in like friend circles and stuff like that. When you're around certain people, I think that you develop the manners that they have and the habits that they have. And it just... Once you start doing it, it's hard to stop. So how can we teach people, like, proper manners? I feel like pointing it out. True. Like, I know I've pointed it out to a few people. They may not like it, but in even, like, working situations, it's something that looks a little bit better if you're eating with your mouth closed. So mm-hmm. it, it can help, especially if you're close with them. I mean, it might not be the person that I... Maybe go on one date with. Maybe that's not just something I not go on a date. Or maybe I just see at a restaurant. I'm not going to walk up to them and be like, can you shut your mouth as you're eating? <laughs> but if you're close with them, that's something that you can mention. Yeah, I feel like with a lot of like people, it's all about their upbringing. It's just like if their family just love to talk and eat at the same time, then they probably think it's socially acceptable. Yeah. Like, I mean, a bunch of the cultures like, Italian and Greek like they're very talkative especially around the food and stuff not saying that they do this a lot because I don't actually know but there's I'm sure that there's a lot of that aspect and influence can affect in in how you're you're eating and your food and you're talking versus if you're 
your upbringing in a family where you're not talking a lot while you're eating or you're taught that you chew and then you swallow and then you talk like it's all different. Is there a culture out there where it's like socially acceptable to talk and eat at the same time? I don't know. I feel like I was I feel like I was even in a house where we were talking a lot during dinner. Like it was just I I was also taught that not to 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 swallow first and then then speak. Has there been an instant where like someone just like splattered food onto your face? Yes, definitely. Describe that moment. Like what were you talking about? What was that person eating? Um a sandwich. And they were just weren't done chewing and then they got really excited and it a little bit came on. But it's like kind of like the same where like just the spitting, like so. People who give advice that's a little bit too overgeneralized. You know, whenever you flick on YouTube or or Medium or whatever, uh, you have all these influencers and they're giving advice about their specific niche uh, or whatever. And some of them do a, a really awesome job. But I find that the overwhelming majority of people who are in uh, the authority position to quote unquote give people advice on information don't dive deep enough to the real crux of things. If you are lucky enough to have people who listen to you, listen back. It really grinds my gears when people, it's like you have this platform and audience, yet you're just up there like speaking fluff. Why do you think people just give generalized advice and not kind of go into a little bit deeper into things? As a digital marketer, uh, one of the biggest economies out there is that of digital knowledge. These days, anybody can make some YouTube pre-roll ads and claim to be an expert at something, which is good because a lot of people are sharing good knowledge, but obviously a lot of people are sharing garbage knowledge. It's easier to give generalized advice because then you're not held as accountable. Just as an example, if today's podcast were on personal finance, it would be way easier for me to give you advice like diversify your portfolio, which is a very generalized piece of advice, as opposed to, hey guys, for reason one, two, and three, I think you should invest 20% of your paycheck into, you know, Apple uh, or something like that, which is regardless of whether that's good advice or not, the second piece of advice given is actually a bit riskier. If you give that advice and it's wrong, then people are going to hate you and then you're going to run out of your influence. So in a way, uh, what makes me not happy about that is when people have the ability to make an impact by giving very specific personal advice and they just don't. What type of influencers do you think give the most generalized advice then? Wow, that's an amazing, amazing question. Right now, the sect of influencers that I just like facepalm the most at are people in the personal fitness niche. Because here's the thing about the personal fitness niche. Like, it's way too emotionally driven. Like, for example, if I'm on the keto diet and I believe it's working for me and you have like 10 reasons why the keto diet's not going to work or whatever, I'm not listening to you no matter what. Again, as a digital marketer, like I can see this. It's super duper easy to write you know, a compelling headline or write a compelling digital product that sells to people who just simply don't know what to do. And that's, and that's really, 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 really harmful. 
This has been the end of our episode, and thank you so much for listening. This has been What the Peeve, and I'm your host, Brittany Ween. For all the latest updates, or if you want to be featured on our podcast, be sure to follow us and send us a little DM on Instagram at whatthepeeve underscore. Also, please support our podcast by subscribing and giving us a five-star review. Without you guys, there wouldn't be a show. Thanks again.